0: it's a challenge to put yourself out there and to share. Like I talk about my ayahuasca journeys. I talk about my combo medicine. I talk about my Lyme disease. Like I'm talking about, and I've been doing that for this whole entrepreneur journey, talking about my rape, my suicide attempt, my mental health issues from when I was younger. So vulnerability has always been at the forefront of my business,
1: Lauren Eliz Love is a coach and healer for female entrepreneurs, and her journey has always been marked by an uncanny level of openness and vulnerability. If she was feeling it, you would know it. If she was having a hard time with it, she would share it all on her podcast, Lauren of Love. I first became aware of Lauren when her brand was called The Badass Business Babes, back when she only had a few thousand followers, now with a following nearing 100,000 of Cross platforms, she's pivoting to a new brand and message, one of love and healing.
0: I spent many years of my life as a woman feeling misunderstood, feeling trapped, feeling unheard, feeling lost, feeling unhappy, right? And and the reason for all of that was because I wasn't fully embodying my truest self, right? And so as I'm leading community, I'm always trying to make sure that I'm doing the best I can to give women permission to be themselves.
1: In this episode, I ask Lauren how she decided to leave her dream job as a TV news producer in New York City to start a blog while moving in with her boyfriend's parents. And we talk about the pivotal moments that made her business build and blow up to where it is now. We had to cut this interview for the podcast, but I did ask Lauren how she feels now about a business partnership that ended as quickly as it started and it imploded in a very public way. If you'd like to hear that part of the conversation, head over to theglobalphenomenon.com uncut and you'll receive the full version of the interview right away. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while driving along the coast, gazing off into the horizon, be sure to stay on the road. Don't go all Felma and Louise on me. And then when you stop driving, head over to the review section and leave a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the always vulnerable and real Lauren Elise Love. This is the global phenomenon with Ina Kovani, the podcast
0: where the self made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be
1: found. All right, everyone, I have a really sweet treat for you guys today, which is I'm interviewing Lauren Eliz Love, who is the business babe. And we are going to dive into a whole ton of stuff. Hi, Lauren. Hi, I'm so
0: excited to be here with you. This is going to be, I haven't been this excited for a podcast interview in quite a while. So um, that says something. I'm very excited.
1: This is going to be amazing because you know, I've been following your path, your journey for a while. So this is going to feel like an interview of 60 minutes because you're gonna be like, how did you even know that? <laughs> so I, I can't wait to ask you all of the things. Mm, all right. So all of why don't we start with you saying really briefly Who do you serve and what do you help them achieve?
0: Yeah, so that's a really good question because I think um, a lot of my students get stuck on that, right? Who, Who are you? What do you do? What do you help people with? And my answer to that question is always evolving. But in this season of my life, I really feel connected to the concept of helping women who are running businesses transform themselves. Because I've seen time and time again how this story we tell ourselves that strategy is the most important thing, marketing is the most important thing, funnels and opt-ins and and all of this masculine stuff, it's it's necessary. But at the root, if you're not doing your inner work to become an empowered woman, a confident woman, a, a woman full of leadership no matter how much of a strategy, you know, your business is not going to generate the success you desire. So, um, our method has always been transforming businesses and the women who run them because growing a business is really about growing yourself. So Mm -hmm. that's really, um, what I do. And, uh,
1: I love it. I love it. And we're gonna get to how you got here. So um, you have published a book, which I have on Kindle. You have, you know, you have dozens of online courses, you know, from low to high end out there. That you're helping people all the time through your mailing list, your uh, social media. You never disappear. You're always there. If it's if it's not to teach, is to share, is to help people grow. And I just first want to congratulate you on all your successes. You were just, Mm -hmm. uh, you were featured this year on. Yahoo Finance as one of the top 10 entrepreneurs to watch. So uh, this has been amazing. We're going to dive into how all of this feels, but I want to go back to the beginning. So you are a producer on a news show. You are in New York City. That's your job. That's what you do. How, (laughs) walk me through, describe the moment when you decided to quit your job to start a blog. <laughs> I gotta tell you,
0: you know you're like the best interviewer because like you mirror and and share like what i've I'm like, wow, yeah, like that's a really wow, I did that like it's really cool to see how you Um, hold space for this dialogue. So thank you. Um, Yeah, I was a a television news producer for CBS News. I worked on the CBS Evening News for uh, about two years or three years. And then I went into um, working for The Morning Show with Charlie Rose and Gil King, CBS This Morning, did some work for 48 hours and 60 minutes. And it um, it was the job that, you know, all of my I would say like my fellow peers in journalism school would have loved to have, like I had quote unquote made it, you know, in the timeline of graduating and getting a job. I was probably one of the most successful students in my graduating class. And I really hung on to that as um, sort of a, a significance badge of honor, right? Look how much I've achieved. I worked so hard and Um, I really poured myself into my education in journalism school for various reasons, right? I was a little bit of a hard, over hard worker. And in television, um, I had these expectations from like what I learned in journalism school. You know, they talk about like the Walter Cronkite era. And this was a time where news was objective and it was all originally created. And there were amazing stories that you would read about or watch on the news. And, I really sensationalized this purpose that I created for myself, which was I'm going to help educate people and inform people and change people's lives. And then I get there and, you know, the news media industry has certainly evolved since the ages of the fifties and the sixties. Right. And so now it's really about what's trending on YouTube today and, and what's on Reddit and, you know, what Instagram thing went viral and it, it became just this job of recycling stories that other people were creating. And I remember thinking like, man, I want to tell original stories. I want to tell meaningful stories. I don't want to like replay some video of like a guy and his dog. Like I want to make my own important impact. And it was that drive and that desire coupled with what I started to see which, and this is like always hard to talk about the trauma of being in television news is not often discussed. You know, when the Boston bombing happened, I was watching a live stream and editing videos of dead bodies, Mm. you know, when the new town school shooting happened and all of these, you know, young children were murdered, I was calling local photographers in Connecticut and asking if they had ever photographed these children so we could use the photos on our live stream. It was hard and really traumatic work. And I remembered, you know, dedicating and giving up so much of my life to this path, you know, not going home for holidays, working 16 hours in the newsroom during election nights or breaking news stories um, staying in hotels for for big um, you know, like the storm, the sandy, I think it was superstorm sandy, you know, I didn't go home for like a week and a half. I was in Manhattan. So it was just all of that coupled with the fact that I was doing deep inner work on myself at the time and I remember feeling like I was changing and growing and this old platform of, television just didn't really serve me anymore. So there were a series of moments, right? It -hmm. was like looking at people who were really unhappy in the television industry who had been there for years. And I'm like, wow, they're miserable. Is that what I have to look forward to? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was also feeling a calling to really help other women find their confidence and their strength and their power Um, and it was also just being really tired. Like I was working midnight to 9am at the end of my career and it was hard on my body. So it was kind of all those things. And I just took the leap one day and
1: the rest is kind of history. So thank you so much for sharing that. I was like, I, it was hard for me to, to remain composed when you were just saying that, um, like I, I legit just want to like break out crying right now. Yeah. Um, I started to get goosebumps. That's that's really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you finally decided to do this, your first impulse was, Well, I want to start a blog. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that what that decision was like? Why a blog? What were your goals back then? What did you want to do with this?
0: Yeah, great question. So um I wanted to start a blog because when I was on my path to healing. And when I say healing, I mean, like I was healing from an abusive um, divorce. I had ended um, my first marriage. I was healing from alcohol addiction. I was healing from not taking care of my body for many, many years. I was healing insecurities and lack of self-confidence. And I was doing a lot of work around my mental health too. And so Um, As I started to grow, I I remember at the time watching certain people who had blogs, um, specifically Lauren Everts of the Skinny Confidential and Elsie Larson from A Beautiful Mess. And I loved that they were making money off of sharing their life, Mm. right? They each had very different life paths. You know, Lauren Everts talked about beauty and fashion And Elsie Larson talked about DIY and home decor and a little bit of cooking, but it was just like really cool to see these women who had passions for things that um, were just aspects of life, you know? Mm -hmm. They they weren't like, oh, I have a passion for um, uh, journalism or news, or I have a passion for engineering. Like it wasn't anything that like, you know, structurally you would major in in college, right? but these were like passions that they had that were aspects of their life and they documented them through storytelling and photography and videos and i watched over the years it, i probably was watching those people since their first year of business where they had you know maybe 5000 people on instagram or less and now they have hundreds of thousands lauren everts has a million something and you know i watched them grow Mm -hmm. And I watched them evolve and I remember feeling such pleasure reading their eloquent and yet colloquial style of writing. I mean, it was so simple, right? Like they would talk, like they would write like they talked. Mm -hmm. And uh, in journalism, there's all this pressure to like write professionally and like make things look, you know, sound smart. And um, I just love that they were kind of breaking the rules, you know, and uh, showing up to share their own perspectives on really normal aspects of life. And so I watched these women grow. And I remember, like, probably like the last three months of my television career before I quit, I like went and stalked their archive and went like, all the way back to the beginning to see where they started. And I'm like, man, I've been following these people for like four years. And in four years, I've done nothing. And look at where they've gone. Like, why am I waiting? Why am I waiting to do this? And I had started so many blogs and stopped so many blogs over the course of my life. And um, I I knew what I really wanted to do was to talk about the taboo topics of healing for a woman that are often really not discussed. You know, um, there's such taboo conversation around mental health. There's such taboo conversation around sexual trauma, right? And I have been through so much in my life in those areas that I really wanted to um ver- you know verbally heal or in the written form heal myself but also inspire other women to heal these aspects of their own lives so i thought about it for like <laughs> probably 3 months and i kept it was so sad the more i thought about it the scarier i got or the more scared i got and the more scared i got the more i drank and so i was really like pushing myself down this rabbit hole of fear and one day i just finally blurted out to matt he was my boyfriend and we were living at the time living together. And I was like, I think I want to quit my job and start a blog. And I was like, so scared. I'm like, all right, this is the point where my, the man I love rejects me and tells me I'm crazy and that I'm irresponsible and that my dreams are stupid. And I was so afraid. And he was just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And so then we took like our last vacation on company dollar, you know, I had like a two weeks left. I'm like, let's go to Chicago. So we went to Chicago. And uh, I just remember like running up and down the the water and realizing like, oh, I'm done with my job. And it felt so, you know, it was like, oh, so liberating to make that choice and so freeing. And yeah, I was scared. And I didn't know what was ahead. And it was financially really, really hard in the beginning. But um, yeah, I made that decision. And, and we came up with a plan. And it was a tough plan, but we did it, and within, gave myself a year, and built a beautiful empire. So, rest is history.
1: And to say that it was a hardship is kind like of, a total under, understatement. You guys ended up moving into your boyfriend's parents' house, both of you. What was oh that like?
0: It was hard. Yeah. it was really hard. So we, you know, we crunched numbers, we were living in, and you know, right outside Manhattan. And so our apartment was like really expensive. And he was commuting a lot back into Connecticut, which was like, sometimes three or four hours of commuting a day. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And uh, so, you know, there was, there were sacrifices we have to make. And I tell, you know, women in this all the time, like, <sighs> the reason that these goals and these dreams and desires you have feel really scary is because they require a higher level version of you to like show up and take the action. And also because you've never done it before. Right. And so, yeah, there's some big leaps required. And for me, we, we pulled my 401k, I think it was like $15,000 I had or something like that and put all of our things in storage and moved in with his parents, with our two dogs. And, uh, we had to put our mattress on the floor in his old childhood bedroom. And like, yeah, for a year, that's where we were. But I just kept telling myself, like, this is going to work. This is going to work. And I poured myself into it as hard as I could for a year, um, giving it everything I got and uh, just started to really believe that my success was not a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. And if it's a matter of when, you know, it's like, well, let me figure this out real quick. And like, you know, you, you work hard to get there.
1: Um, I confess I'm, I'm tearing up right now just hearing (sighs) you say that only because um, as I will mention in the intro, I haven't recorded it yet, but um, as I mentioned, you were my first global phenomenon that I followed. And uh, when you said just now that you know, it wasn't a matter of when, if it was a matter of when, I I just got all this sentiment because I'm like, I probably heard that for the first time ever from you. And what you just explained that you were doing with the other influencers, like going back and checking out their old stuff. I'm like, that's what I did with you, right? That I was studying you the same way that you were studying these influencers. So as as of this point, you have built an incredible community. You have 40,000 followers on Instagram you have 24,000 people in your group what does it mean to you to have so many people follow the way that you were following all of mm-hmm. those other big names
0: that's a that's a, a beautiful question it's um leadership's not a responsibility that i take lightly you know i think it's really our moral obligation as women to always be leading um you know the, the dalai lama has this quote i heard this a while ago um the western woman will change the world and it just gives me goosebumps to think about because for so many years we as women have been taught to do things the, the way that men do um and we've been conditioned to wake up go to work work hard come home wake up go to work work hard come home and it's like this rinse and repeat um cycle of craziness, right? And a a woman is very emotionally driven and she has a cycle that not every day is the same, you know, and we all know that from experience. And I think we're really in a season of identifying what it means to be a female leader Mm -hmm. and there's no rule book or guidelines for that. And so many of us are learning. Some of us are learning the hard way you know, I myself have had learning moments that were n- not as graceful as I've wanted them to be. But I, I think that leadership, um, when in the hands of, of good-hearted people, uh, is what is going to change the world, right? Because for for me, I spent many years of my life as a woman feeling misunderstood, feeling trapped, feeling unheard, feeling lost, feeling unhappy. Right. And, and the reason for all of that was because I wasn't fully embodying my truest self. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as I'm leading community, I'm always trying to make sure that I'm doing the best I can to give women permission to be themselves. Because once that happens and you're yourself and you're in your purest essence of love and joy and creativity and leadership and confidence, um, you have a ripple effect on your whole entire life. You know, that type of woman can raise an incredibly beautiful family. That type of woman can help her parents and their parents and can help the man on the street corner, right. Who's maybe having a hard day. And, you know, that's where the ripple effect comes in. So yeah, it means a lot to me and, um, I love
1: my communities. I mean, this is, it's incredible what you have been able to accomplish because what you're, everything you're saying, I just want everyone to know like how real it is and how, how, how deeply your community feels your vulnerability and your realness. And you're being a, a true, a true person, a bone and flesh person who's going through trials and tribulations all the time. You have not made any kind of effort to appear perfect. This has been a, a, a true journey that you take everybody with you. And uh, anybody who follows you can attest to this and raise their hand and say, yes, that's exactly what Lawrence is and what she represents. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you started to have some success in your business, right, you transitioned from your blog to starting, uh, you know, actually offering online offers and putting yourself out there. And I actually want to skip all the way ahead to 2018. You have the badass business babes brand. It's it's flourishing. It's growing. That's how I, you know, I got introduced to you through that brand. And then in 2018, in December of 2018, you had, you hosted a summit that you called the 12 days of business. And that was from my perspective, a huge turning point in your business, your group blew up overnight, acquiring thousands and thousands of followers in just like a month. And we're watching this happen. And I'm like, I, 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 how did how did this happen? So I really want to go back to see if if you see it the same way that I see it. Was that a pivotal moment, or am I missing the mark? Was there? Was there what were the other things happening at that time?
0: Yeah, that's you know a really beautiful observation, and I love Ina how much information you know about my path because I'm like, oh yeah, wait, like that happened. Um, 12 Days of Business was actually a download that I got outside while I was walking my dog. And I remember reaching out to my team at the time and being like, I have this idea, 12 Days of Business. And like, <laughs> and the team members I had at the time were like, okay, like <laughs> that's a lot of work, but okay. And uh, it was really the first time where I allowed other experts to be seen on my platforms in a really concrete way. You know, it was for 12 straight days, different experts coming on to share and talk. And it really allowed my community to see the diversity of um, different authority or leadership voices that have, you know, that were out there. Um, And yes, the, the community blew up really quickly. I think you know, if we look back, I think before that there were like 3,000 or 2,000 people in the group. And then it went to like 20,000, you know, overnight. And I I think that was a really powerful lesson for me in the approach of um, leadership is about lifting up other leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Leadership is about showcasing other people and allowing other people's voices to be heard. Um, and, And that really was profound. And so it's now something we do every year, we mm-hmm. have another another round coming up. We don't always do twelve days because it is a lot, but um, yeah, it's just I think, and that's like a really important lesson too. And like I think some people feel scarcity come up around bringing other experts into their platforms and feeling like, oh, what if they like them more than me? Or like, well, if that's the case, and that's beautiful. Like you just led somebody to their teacher. And if money is truly abundant and prosperous, if you're holding space of service, you're always provided for, right? And so just having that mindset of just being able to spread the love, spread the support and let people know of all of these beautiful people who have such amazing gifts in the world.
1: If somebody's listening to this and want to study that event, what do you think were some key, like business-wise, some key factors that made that event so successful?
0: Yeah, so um, it was summit style. So basically what that means is you're creating a platform space, whether it's a website or a series of emails that people get, or if it's in a Facebook group, or if it's all of those things, um, it is a, a, a specific date of having different experts come and talk for you know, a, a certain amount of days. Uh, what really worked for us was selecting influencers who were, and I use that term loosely, but just like different coaches and teachers who were all at different levels. And I think sometimes when we're growing business and we're pitching ourselves to have experts on our podcasts or experts in our Facebook groups or on our Instagram, whatever we tend to like go big or go home. And what actually worked really well for us was picking people who were at our level or who maybe had just a little bit smaller of an audience Uh, because audience size really doesn't mean much. If your audience isn't engaged, it doesn't matter how big they are. And with smaller groups of people, what tend to happen, we noticed for like an influencer who maybe had 5,000 or 4,000 people, they were so excited to be featured on our platform that they talked about it even more. And then that brought their audience into our space. And so that was really important. And it's something that we do every year to make sure that we have a variety of people who are of different caliber and level of teaching. And I think also too, the important thing is to have an intention, you know, what is the overall theme of your summit experience? What is the overall, you know, topic that you're covering this year? Our business is really personal development based and we're bringing experts to talk about a lot of inner work stuff. So, um, you know, just sitting down and getting clear on like, what is the theme of this experience that I want people to have? That's really helpful.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about this sisterhood that you have with <sighs> Catherine Zanchina, Jen Casey, Ashley Gordon, all global phenomenons in their own right. Um, I wanted to know how you think this sisterhood has impacted your decisions in your life and in your business. Mm, uh, immensely.
0: I think um, you know, it's really hard to lead women when you have wounds around being seen by women, right? Mm-hmm. And when I came into these friendships, all of them kind of happened at different times, but all of them had a very similar theme of teaching me how to allow myself to be seen by women that I admired and loved and respected uh, and wanted to like me, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And with that, there was a lot of wounding that came up, you know, around feeling like I wasn't good enough to sit in the circle or feeling like, um, I wasn't, um, I was too needy or too emotional, right? Like a lot of my patterns as a child came through in those relationships. And what I realized was that when you admire women and you look up to them and at the same time, you feel enough to be sitting with them at the same table. Your leadership quadruples Mm. because there's no fear of wounding or fear of failure, fear of not being enough. Um, you know, this is really where sisterhood work is incredibly important to financial liberation because when you do feel like you're worthy for the people around you, you also feel worthy for the dreams within you, right, and the desires you have. So um, yeah, it's been it's been really helpful. Um, we do girls trips every year, like three to four times a year. We go to different places and uh, we just ha- play and have fun. We were like we naked sunbathed last trip. The trip before that, we were like on Malibu Beach. Like it's been really it's been beautiful and very healing for me. So especially because I have so many old stories around women growing up that were so painful. It's been really helpful for healing all of that.
1: And can I ask you, because I've always wondered if these friendships that you have with these incredibly enlightened women, I mean they're all so so amazing, they're own right, if they influence in any way your pivot and I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about how going from, you know, the business, babe, this is about growing your business to moving to stepping more into that, that healer uh, quality that, that you have, that I have always felt coming from you of, of being so in tune, so spiritually in tune with other human beings that you are able to heal them in such a beautiful, such an easy way, something that I've been able to witness by being inside your programs. And I always wondered if, you know, hanging out with, with all of this enlightenment, all these amazing people, um, if it had an effect in you saying it's time for me to step into what I love. Can you tell us a little bit more about your pivot and how that came out?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I think every entrepreneur goes through this where you find something that you're really good at and then you run with it. And then somewhere along the line, you realize that what you're good at may not necessarily be what you're meant to do. And what you're meant to do, you're even greater at, but you've been like right. afraid of it or avoiding it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I, as I've, you know, done this entrepreneur thing for six years, I've really identified that there's like this healer, energy that like comes through me in a lot of my calls and group programs and, you know, really choosing to embody that. I think my sisterhood relationships have given me full permission to be myself, to hear those messages from spirit that show me what I'm meant to do and where I'm meant to go. And, um, you know, when women fully see you, it gives you permission to fully see yourself. And uh, so, yeah, I think in indirectly, it's been really helpful you know, for honoring that. And also too, I think, you know, these sisters see me and they, you know, they they see me the way that you see me, right? Like you can see each other and sometimes that's really helpful when you're like in it and you can't really see yourself. So, but yeah, you know, switching from, identifying as business babe to just i being identified as Lauren of love, right? Because my name is Lauren of Liz love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's been really liberating for me and just knowing that I can take this business wherever I want and I don't need to fit a niche or an ideal client.
1: Mm -hmm. I I love that. I hope that everybody can just take a little bit of that freedom, especially as they're starting out and give themselves permission to do what they feel they're called to do. Most times we won't really know what that is until we start to take action. And that's exactly what happened. And it's been a pleasure to watch. Um, Let me ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful online businesswoman?
0: That I feel successful. (laughs) Um, <laughs> you know, like biggest misconception, you know, we, we see people and we're like, wow, she's so successful. Really though? Like, you know, like I, I don't feel that way. Um, I feel, yes, I feel successful. I feel like I've accomplished a lot. I feel proud of myself, but there's still so much that I want to do. Right. And so this approach of like, wow, she arrived where I want to be. Like, okay, that's great. But like where I am now, i want to go somewhere else. Like I still want to go. I still want to move and expand. And so um, I think that's a a big misconception. I I think a, a misconception is that vulnerability is easy for me. I've heard that from so many people where they're like, you're so vulnerable and you just do it so effortlessly. And like, that's not really true. Like, you know, it, it's a challenge to put yourself out there and to share. Like, I talk about my ayahuasca journeys, I talk about my combo medicine, I talk about my Lyme disease. Like, I'm talking about, and I've been doing that for this whole entrepreneur journey, talking about my rape, my suicide attempt, my mental health issues from when I was younger. So, vulnerability has always been at the forefront of my business, but This uh, idea that it's effortless for me is not entirely true. So I just want to put that out there that it's a challenge for me too.
1: If you had the power to get the whole world to hear you right now and they have to do what you're about to tell them to do and they have to do it within the next 24 hours, what would that thing be?
0: That would be to live life through the heart space. I think that my, it's funny when I picked this name for myself back in 2014, you know, Lauren Liz Love. um, I didn't realize at the time, but like this has been a journey of learning how to no longer live in my head and learn how to live through the heart. And what that really means is not letting fear run your life, not making choices out of anger, being able to express yourself fully, being able to live in alignment with your passions, right, Mm -hmm. versus what other people want you to do. Um, I would really encourage everybody to go on a journey to healing their heart um, and really dedicate their life to looking at all the ways that they can live in their heart space better.
1: I love it. Lauren, this has been such an incredible pleasure. This the highlight of my year just talking to you. Thank oh. you so much for doing this. Yeah. Um, I love you. I have learned so much from you. Uh, you are my original global phenomenon. I truly don't believe that even this podcast would exist if it wasn't for you. So thank you for everything that you have been so brave to put yourself out there in the world and allow people like me to watch you go and say I can do that too. Thank, thank you, you, Lauren.
0: Thank you. And thank you for taking that message, right? Because um, everybody can do this, right? The global phenomenon, sure, is about people who are inspiring the world. But I think the real phenomenon is like, wow, we can all do this? Like, that is and it's and so true. Um, so for anybody out there who's listening, like, please just remember that, like, if you have a calling on your heart, if you have a passion to do something, like, it's there for a reason, and it's meant for you.
1: Where can people find you and follow you and continue to learn from you?
0: Yeah. So I would say go to laurenoflove.com or go find me on Instagram, laurenoflove, or you can go listen to the podcast.
1: For sure. The podcast, I'll put those links below. Thank you so much, my friend.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me, sweetie.
1: Hey there, Ina here. After listening to this interview, you may be wondering, how can you inject some vulnerability into your business? I'll answer this and much more in the companion episode coming up. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And if you'd like to ask a question for the next Q&A segment, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, leave your question there, and I will answer it on the air. I'll see you on the next one. Thank
0: you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney,
1: music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.